Think about shepherds for a moment. Shepherds were not the type of people you really wanted hanging around while you gave birth. <laughs> Once they were memorably described as the bikers of the ancient world. They, they were generally a dirty and disreputable lot who lived on the margins of society when they weren't out in the fields. On the other hand, Mary and Joseph were not exactly in mainstream circumstances themselves, were they? Relegated to a stable, probably more of a cave, laying their baby in a feed trough, the Holy Family were not in any position to complain about the riffraff. As Luke would have it, the glad tidings of great joy were announced to those on the margins, those excluded and victimized, those even feared by polite society. In part, the good news is that we neither have to be victimized nor do we have to create victims as a new way of living is opened up to us in the life and eventually in the death of this child. Matthew tells us something similar with his visit of the Magi, the sages of the East, for they represent the whole world for him. And they mean that every person will be blessed by the child born under a star this night. More than that, Matthew shows how at the very beginning Jesus is, keeps escaping the lynch mob, keeps escaping being victimized. We see how the outcast is treated. Mary is saved from stoning as an unmarried pregnant woman only by the intervention of an angel directing Joseph to marry her. And Jesus is also saved from Herod, who would massacre a whole class of people, gays or Jews or blacks, or firstborn children in this case, in his fear and in his rage at a threat to his power. Matthew tells us that Jesus is saved by his flight into Egypt. Egypt, the land bearing the memory of oppression for a whole people amongst whom this child is born. Perhaps it is John who tells it most like it is. He came to his own, and his own knew him not. This child was to be an outsider, ripe for both threatening the power structures and taking the blame for the state of the world, even though this birth was the birth of a real and holy and life-giving hope for the whole world. He took on the sin of the world. He took on the ways in which we live as though we need to be afraid, the ways in which we compare ourselves to others and fear loss of status or loss of face or any of the other things that make us worry. And when we are worry, all too often, we try and feel better at the expense of someone else. And that is the root of all violence. None of us are immune from being victimized, and none of us are incapable of victimizing others. We are both shepherds and royalty. And the glad tidings of great joy are for all of us. We can recognize how easy it is to create victims in, in the most, and outsiders in the most mundane of exchanges. Think about if you've ever opened a present at Christmas and immediately your first thought is about how you didn't spend nearly that much money on the person who gave you that gift. Okay. Then you know how pervasive is that tendency we have to compare ourselves to one another. It's hard to have a real gift. You know how easy it is to feel aggrieved. In fact, you start feeling bad, and it's probably their fault for spending too much money. And suddenly, 
before too long, it's easy to start creating, however affectionately, creating an alliance that has the effect of putting that donor outside of your circle. Oh, good grief, look at what she's done now. I swear that woman has more money than sense. <laughs> and, and that, right there, is the kind of world, the kind of exclusion in which Jesus refused to participate and which made him vulnerable to becoming the victim himself at every turn, the person who kind of made us feel bad by being so good, the one who kind of seems to imply judgment just by existing. And so the story of Christmas points toward the rest of the story, the story of our being trapped in and by a mechanism that is born in our anxiety and our worry and our dis-ease and which creates victims and violence. We call this the sin of the world. And we say this child was to die for the sin of the world, both as a consequence of his living with absolute integrity and also as a way of making it possible for us to begin to live free from being trapped by such mechanisms to show us another way. And so the story of Christmas points not only to the problem, but also to the solution by reminding us that the key to the story is God's grace, God's unmerited, unearned, utterly gratuitous gift of life in the first place. In the beginning was the word, says John. And later, God so loved the world that he gave, he gave, he gave, and he gave again. He gave his only son. Jesus is the gift that opens the door to a new way of living founded on gratitude for all that is entrusted to us, all that sustains our life. I was talking to a friend the other day who, against his will, went to a treatment program for addiction. And he told me that he was unprepared for what he called his spiritual awakening. And this awakening for him was marked by the most unexpected sense of gratitude. He told me he felt so grateful every day that his family didn't kick him out. They hadn't abandoned him. He was grateful that he had a job to go to each day, something he hadn't had in the past. He was grateful to be alive. My friend's awakening was the awakening of hope, reasonable and holy hope. And it was marked above all by gratitude. And it's that same sense of gratitude that is the antidote to fear for all of us. Many of you have heard me say before that when I'm feeling pinched or tight or afraid, when I'm caught up in comparing myself to others, when I can feel that anxiety growing, when I won't have enough of something, in those times I find it helpful to make a gift, an act of gratitude for what has been entrusted to me and to share it. A few dollars to a person on the street, a check to a charity, a bigger tip than would be normal. It's amazing what an act of thanksgiving can do to help us live in a way that combats those fears that lead to separation and lead to violence and lead us to create victims. Forgive us, we pray, as we forgive. Grant us gratitude for your gift of life as we share our gratitude in acts of generosity with others. In a little while, we will sing of the hopes and fears of all the years being met in this child whose birth we mark this night. Our hope is for life freed from fear. And our fear is the progenitor of violence and victimization and separation and outsiders. 
and all that makes life dreadful. Gratitude is both the real fruit, the fruit of real hope, and gratitude is the antidote to fear. We see the truth, the seeds of that truth in the Christmas story, the glad tidings of great joy, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, all of us, every one of us, no outsiders, full of grace and truth. The first gift of God's self-giving love that brings universes into being and opens to us the way of abundant and everlasting life. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.